Hey gang, this Saturday we're back at the People's Improv Theater in New York City, 8 p.m. show. We're doing uh, Rennie Harlan's Cliffhanger. It's a great way to beat the heat, really, I think, because it's all about like the mountains and everyone's wearing like a lot of, a lot of ski clothes. There's a lot of heavy jackets up there. It gets cold up there. It does. It's good. You know what's cold? John Lithgow's glare in that film. His glare, his demeanor, his intentions towards Sylvester Stallone. It's a real revenge tale. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You got, and you got Sly just just trying. He's a he's an unbelievable mountain climber. Mm-hmm. I'll a, I'll leave it at that. He's like a famous mountain climber, I think. Like he is world famous. Yeah, in the movie. Like, yeah. Like, oh my, that guy's a great mountain climber. Which <laughs> like, that's an impossible thing. Like I don't even know the first dude who scaled Kilimanjaro. He's supposed sh- to be like a fucking rock and roll cliffhanger. <laughs> a rock and roll. <laughs> I wish he was a rock and roll cliffhanger. <laughs> this Saturday, 8 p.m., the People's Improv Theater. Tickets are $8. You can go to the pit-nyc.com for tickets. Come beat the heat. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Sean Weiner. And we hate movies. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the second to last. Hashtag SBE3. Sad to think about it. I know. I can't believe it. But everyone was kind of expecting something in, of this cloth, which is this. We do teen movies. You, you got to do a teen movie because you know what? Like sometimes the action movies, it's a little scary for everybody. <laughs> you know, all the big bad sci-fi action ears. So you do Rachel Lee Cook. Cleaning a pool for two hours. Is it, is it every summer so far that you guys have done teen movies? Is yeah. there one per summer? No, we did uh, nine months last year. We do like the uh-huh. counter programming month, right? Right, right. like Just, you know something you would bring someone to who doesn't appreciate the action movies. They more enjoy the the rom coms with your big teen stars or mm-hmm. your Hugh Grants in that case. Uh, He's yeah, kind but, of a teen star. Like if if he was an American actor, he could have been on a teen sitcom. You oh, know what I mean? Like he would have been on Dawson's Creek as the older. British boy. Uh, he would have then had his own spinoff called Nervous Nellies. <laughs> he looks about the same age as Freddie Prince Jr. in this film, by the <laughs> <He> way. <does. laughs> like, uh, the film is She's All That from 1999. This is sort of like a sequel episode because two summer blockbuster extravaganzas ago, we did uh, Boys and Girls, which is another Robert Iscove film. Noted dance choreographer Robert Iscove <laughs> did these two movies, did From Justin to Kelly, a bunch of other dog shit. Yeah, just just kept throwing fucking water on that career as much as he could. Just <laughs> bales of water. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is why I think we, we sort of did this movie this year. Because, you know, in the Boys and Girls episode, we did posit that, you know... We thought She's All That is the better movie of the two. So I guess today is you know the ultimate decision. And She's All That has come up on this program more than I'd like to admit. And <laughs> my wife was finally like, you know, you got to fucking put your money where your fat <laughs> mouth is. Prove and it. Just talk about She's All That. And she's totally right. And to do so, the only way we could do it was bring in noted Matthew Lillard expert Sean Wine. It's true. <laughs> That is uh, my specialty on this program. Uh, uh, last time you were on, we did, we did Hackers, where he's also sticking his tongue out at people. Right, where he's the playing place. the exact same role. Yep. It's the exact same thing. He's I, just not a reality show star yet. 
I'm I'm kind of forgiving. I don't know if this is a general feeling, but I'm forgiving to Matthew Lillard after seeing him in The Descendants. Yeah, right. Like you see him in that, you're like, oh no, oh okay, you're trying to redeem yourself, so you try not to go at him too hard. But he's come kind, on, I mean, he's kind of really great in that movie. You know, and I don't know if that's a credit to, you know, uh, uh, the Alexander writing Payne, or Alexander Payne. Payne's directing or what. I also think that he's a, a reason that Scream is successful. Like, not the reason by any means, but, like, he's in there. He's in that arsenal of that arsenal of Jamie Kennedy, who's also a reason Scream is successful. Let's not pretend that he's not. No, because there's things that you can point to in Scream and be like, yep. And there's things that you can point to and be like, no. So, like, yeah. case in point, Matthew Lillard. Yep. Definitely. Case in yeah. point, Skeet Ulrich. No. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's a guy that gets it. Yeah, yeah, his performance as Stu Marker, there's no reason I should remember that full <laughs> name, but I do. That's his character's name. He's great. It's a memorable character. Spe- it- speaking of uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich, is next summer going to be the Newton Boys? Is the Newton Boys <laughs> on deck? I wish. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would feel bad attacking Richard Linklater. Oh, oh did he do that? Did he really? I think that's his movie. It might oh, be, yeah. God. Where, like, Vincent D'Onofrio plays everybody's grandfather in that movie. <laughs> like, he's so much older than the rest of the Newton boys. Ah, but they're all boys, though. That's They're brothers? They're supposed to be brothers yeah, in that movie? Yeah, it's like movie? bank robbers. She's all that's a movie about a fucking bet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, the famous bet. I mean, let's... Whatever. There's no reason to plot through this movie because everybody knows this movie. You've seen it. You've seen it. You've, You've totally to seen, seen this movie. I, I would be hard-pressed to find a, a person who's going to listen to this episode and has not seen this movie. I don't know. I think we're a bunch of old people, though. Uh, you well, know what I mean? I feel yeah, like... So, tw- yeah, all right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So let me, you know, backtrack. So people our age, so yeah. like 30-year-old and above, and then maybe like five years behind, yep. right. you've seen this movie. And you remember the, you remember this movie because everybody was... This was, a, this was a buzz movie. This was a big movie. This was a movie that was so big, you went and saw it with one of your dude friends because the girl from the drugs ad was in it. I'm looking what? at me. What drug? Oh, she's she the, was the brain on drugs chick. Who's like this is your brain? Uh, uh, this is your job and your fucking family. Oh. And she's making the scrambled eggs. Yeah, and she's, she's smashing the it, yeah. kitchen. She's like, oh yeah, you think that fucking egg was something? Now I'm gonna break this whole house. Are you guys talking about Lil Kim? Lil Kim was a <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, Lil Kim also in this movie. We'll get to her. We'll it, get there. It's kind of a star-studded cast of people I don't like in movies. Like it's just. <laughs> Uh, really, Matthew Lillard is the high mark. Tell me, he something. is, and, and Tim Matheson, but that kind of doesn't count. It doesn't count because he's got literally two scenes in the movie. So much he's in it so little that the second scene he has, I think both of them take place in Freddie Prince Jr.'s bedroom. Yeah, likely. And the second time you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're in this Animal movie. House. What is so we're afflicted by Freddie Prince Jr. Starting with I know what you did last summer. Yeah, that's about. Yeah, I think and, that's right. I and then we get that. like boys and girls, and we get this, no, and no, then no, it's no. over. Oh, this flipped. Was, this was this first. Was boys first. and girls was two thousand or two thousand one, possibly. Yeah. Uh-huh, there's there's uh-huh. a summer catch in there. There's that Scooby Doo movie's a little later. Summer Scooby- catch. Matthew Lillard. Two fucking Scooby movies. Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah. This movie. Matthew Lillard. Wing Commander. Matthew Lillard. Best Those dudes are buds. best buds. They're, they're best noted buds. best buds. Noted <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> best buds. 
I kind of like noted Hollywood best buds. I'm a fan. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were yeah. like, we're best buds. And they're like, ah, we got covered. Do you think uh, Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. argue over which one's the Affleck and which one's the Damon? If they're <laughs> All the time. Who's who? I, I think... Um, don't be fooled by hair color because I do think <laughs> you think, it right. I think Fred, Freddie Prince Jr. thinks he's the Damon of the bunch. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I would agree with that though because Matthew Lillard has made a successful, a more successful career into like the dramatic like thing, which Ben Affleck kind of did first. Right. Like and he directed a film. Who, Freddie Prince Jr.? Matthew Lillard directed a movie called Fat Kid Rules the World. I think it came out last year oh, that I'll never see. Right. It's, just... it's on HBO Go right now, and it's like a fat kid holding the lunch tray yeah, or whatever. It's in a locked vault in my mind of movies that I'll just <laughs> never see. But the reason uh, Freddie Prince Jr. isn't the Matt Damon of the bunch is that Matt Damon's stuck around this whole time. And <laughs> yeah, who's heard true. anything about Freddie Prince Jr. in five years? Because he's guy... just got that Sarah Michelle he's just good. Buffy money. Yep. Yeah. They don't just... have to do shit. He's a guy that should do TV, like, hardcore. Like, I don't know why he hasn't condescended to television. Yeah, but no, that's like, true. They all fuck around on those, like, robot chicken programs. They all do voices on those. And also, Freddie Prince Jr. did dip his toe into TV. Oh, really? And I'm going to pull up the old IMDb because it was recent, and it was <laughs> canceled. <laughs> like, almost as quickly as it started, this show was canceled. I'm going to find... He's doing a lot of shit in video games now. He's all over the place with the video games. God damn it. Where is it? It's here. It has to be here. He's a great leading man if he never has to talk. So he's great for video games. Here you games. go. Two seasons. Or no, it was one season. 2005 to 2006 is Freddy. Freddy? Yikes. Freddy. It says, uh, a successful chef living in Chicago inherits three generations of family. His niece, his sister-in-law, and his grandmother. And learns to survive living with three very different women. Oh, my God. Dude, he Freddie Prince Jr. Listen to this cast. Freddie Prince Jr. and Brian Austin Green. <laughs> Good God. Which oh, and woman Madge does he play? Amick. Who? Madchen Amick from Twin Peaks is in it, too. Mm. Oh, man. Does Brian Austin Green play the uh, cokehead brother or, like, <laughs> the battling addiction best friend? Probably. I would say Brian Austin Green, much better actor than F Freddie Prince Jr. He never oh, got his chance. No, you're right. I mean, and he was doing all the right things. He had three names. Mm -hmm. He had three names. It's the mid-90s. No, no, no. You're, you're confusing things. He was doing all the right things if he wanted to assassinate a president. <laughs> No, but we're talking like <laughs> mid '90s. It's Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, Prince Junior is kind Brian of that's kind of three names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like two in a title. Tiffany I'll give it to you. You could call someone Junior. That's a name. It's true. They do it on fucking Breaking Bad. That's why that poor prick starts calling himself Flynn. <laughs> Man, if I was just Junior to somebody, that would get old quick. It'd be rough. It would be really rough. Who else we got in this movie? Paul Walker. Oh, man. Paul Thank God. Walker. I think we looked this up before we went on the air. Steve comes in and he's like, Paul Walker's consistently made a movie every year since 1998. Oh, really? Yep. And we looked it up and he only skipped like two years, like 2012 and like 2003. But multiple but movies. Multiple in movies. Oh. In a lot of years, it's like doing three or four. Just do it. Just Doing stuff. And the reason he missed those two years was because he just forgot. <laughs> he, forgot. he slept. He, <laughs> slept, he slept through. In. <laughs> he slept Whoops. through all of it. He thinks he did all of it, but then he's going to look at his IMDb page and be like, ah, oh, shit. 
I mean, but he has it made, though. He's got all that Fast and Furious oh, money. Yeah, he's the, good. He's been in all but one of them. Like, those are big paycheck movies. Do not worry about Paul Walker. Other and, things... <laughs> I, just, I won't. I, I, that, you know what? Hashtag do not worry about Paul Walker. It's just, that's it. Other things IMDb'd during the screening of this movie were... Um, you know how old Anna Paquin was when she was nominated for her her supporting actress role that she won for the piano that she won. Uh, uh, things not looked up on IMDb uh, when Paul Walker was nominated for anything. <laughs> no, we skipped that one. Maybe he's won a couple of Saturn awards. I don't know. What are those for? This is a movie that cleaned up at two major award ceremonies: the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> it really. And the MTV Movie Awards. They won Best Romantic Duo at the MTV Movie Awards. Oh, th- this movie Couple won. Couple of a- Moon Men. Yeah, they won all sorts of Moon Men. <laughs> and, and no, no, no. Pop- the Movie the- Awards are the popcorn yeah. and all sorts uh-huh. of fucking orange blimps or surfboards <laughs> or whatever the shit they give you at Nickelodeon. Slime baths. <laughs> so many slime baths were won. <laughs> So the plot of this movie is it's basically my fair lady with idiots. Cause it's <laughs> I almost spent hard cider all over all of our equipment. Oh no, it is. It's it's Pygmalion, which is my fair lady right. with morons. Right, right. Because- Add in a dabble of morons. <laughs> yeah, she's all that. Yes. Because uh everybody comes back from spring break and uh Freddie Prince Julia. Juilliard. Freddie Prince Juilliard. <laughs> no. 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 Those words don't Freddie go. Prince Juilliard is three names. <laughs> that would count. I got That's the... why his career never took off quite the same way as Brian Austin Green's. I was, a, I was at a musical the other day and I looked up one of the actors and he won the Robin Williams Prize at Juilliard, <laughs> which is something that I think is amazing. What is the what is the what is the the parameters of winning that prize? Being obnoxious to your entire class for four years? Being successful while Hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> so Freddie Prince Juilliard is the hottest kid in school, and everybody loves him. He's a captain of the soccer team. Ooh, yep. rough and tumbled soccer team. I mean, this is Southern California too, so I guess they could have gone with like captain of the surf team. So like, <laughs> surf you, team. you know, it's at least they did soccer, a real sport. Yeah. Surf races. <laughs> yeah, like what was that game where you could be like the gorilla on the surfboard? Oh, CNC something or other. Yeah, uh, CNC right. Music Factory, but it's like CNC Sports, like or something. Sports Incorporated. You could be yeah. like a monkey or a, I or think a just ca- a, or a cat. It was a monkey, a cat, or a guy, or yeah. a really weird uh, native with a big fake mask on his face. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, game man. is burned into my memory. Classic non-aquatic animals. <laughs> Continues. So he's the guy. He comes back. uh, He gets dumped by Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, who's never done a movie after this. I mean, I guess she has, but nobody's seen her. She had the numerous names going for her too. She did, and she she was you know she's a super hot chick. She met Matthew Lillard on vacation. He's kind of spring break, spring break, MTV spring break. Mm -hmm. And And now this reminds you, by the way, of like the salad days of MTV. Because mm-hmm. this is like, like 90s MTV is kind of like the last bastion of, like, you know, what we look back on fondly as MTV. Like, again, mm. you're 30 years old yeah. or older. Like, this is what we're talking about. Like, you know, that last season, like that real world Hawaii, that's the last season where ugly people could be in the real world. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And this spring break, like, he's being... 
kids at home aren't going to remember this, but the Puck character from uh-huh. the real world, that guy was an obnoxious prick. Who they make into like a VJ in this movie. <laughs> the 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 side note, uh, the ugly people on Real World Hawaii wore Rudy and Tech, correct? I thought Tech was a very handsome man. Tech was a handsome Tech's dude. not an attractive guy. He's got a style going for him, so he gets <laughs> away with it. He's yeah. not a good looking dude. And he puts by, himself by, together well. You did, you're, by Rudy, you mean Ruthie, the oh, drunk. Oh, Ruthie, the drunk. Yeah, she was heinous because she was just throwing up in the pool in every <laughs> episode. Going through some shit. Yeah, Kaya, really... however, was a very uh, like a Carrie Ann wow. Moss type. Do you have any more names back there? Because I'm really impressed. <laughs> Who else do we have? I'll, I'll think about it during All the, the show. rest of the dudes in that season, though, aside from Tech, I think were done. Oh, I don't remember like Colin. There's probably a Colin in there. <laughs> there might have been a Colin or a Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets dumped by uh, what's her face, uh, Jody Lynn O'Keefe, and it's like, oh my god, who am I going to go to senior prom with? And Paul Walker's like, <sighs> <sighs> he's just hey. a mouth breathing dummy. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sean, don't worry about Paul Walker, right? You worry yeah. about your own shit. <laughs> Do not worry about Paul Walker. But he is a mouth-breathing dummy, and he's a <laughs> terrible actor in this movie. I would I would say this about Paul Walker, at least. I just recently watched that Fast Six, mm-hmm. which I think is a fucking great action movie. You know, so that yeah. means the stunts are really cool and the sure. script is terrible. But he's a better actor, at least, in... 2013 than he was in 1999 so he's making strides but it's like really slow strides that if you're not paying attention it kind of just looks like you're the same yeah (laughs) but in this movie he's terrible and he's the kind of bad actor i pointed this out when we were watching it but it's like unless he's being spoken to by another actor or he's delivering a line of dialogue he just turns off like a robot. <laughs> He's gone. He's it's out like, of it. It's like a like a motion sensor light, you know? Like if if there's no one in the room, it just fucking goes dark. You would think he was a lamp in the scene. Like you just <laughs> there are people talking and engaging with each other and he's a lamp. Which is ridiculous, Steve, but you're totally right when you said this. He is being run around in circles by Freddie Prince's acting in this movie. Oh yeah, he's just acting circles. Freddie Prince Jr. is acting circles around him. Which he's never done to any other human being or plant or lamp <laughs> on this planet. Freddie Prince Jr. is a terrible actor. Yep, he's yeah. married to a wonderful, beautiful, talented actress who, yep. you know, has a great, great uh, show that rakes in bank forevermore. You're, you're listening to three hardcore Buffy fans. That's what here, I was going to say. Finally, gentlemen. every time we do this, we're doing this show. It's me and Andrew, and we're always like, hey, Buffy, everybody. And then there's some other idiot on this couch. <laughs> That doesn't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Finally, Sean's yeah, here. We, we got the trifecta going yeah. now. We know. <laughs> we know. But you yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. is terrible. He's, He's terrible. always been terrible. He's got, you know, like, he obviously kind of had the hookup coming in to a certain extent. He has some celebrity status from his dad. Yeah. Right. He comes onto the scene. He's got that great, like, I'm going to push the majority of my hair, gel it forward, and then right at the front, I'm just going to... Give it a vertical kind of nine degree, ninety degree thing, which oh, I think a lot of us had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I was rocking that for a long time. I you, think I think Freddie Prince Jr. Still, might still be rocking that. Oh man, he's really like a Gavin Rossdale to Gwen Stefani. Like they're these guys. Yeah, good good analogy. Just, they just hooked up. <laughs> it's, it sounds sarcastic. No, but that not. has to be true because no, it's true. It's, it's true. totally true. These like ladies who know how to, conti- you know, they can grow with the times, and these other guys just like. Fade into this early 90s. I'll just like put the kid in the baby Bjorn and hang out by the pool. I mean, no, yeah, he's stuck in 1996. 
forever. Yeah. That's just what it's going to be. And he's like, everything on his body is just going to start getting old, but he's still going to be wearing Kangol hats <laughs> and fucking V-neck polo shirts. <laughs> Figure out how those were designed because they're all over it's this amazing. movie. It's amazing. polo shirts, ribbed t-shirts. Just horrible. Like Aztec designs, <laughs> black shirts with brown jackets. Like oh. everything is insane. Now, qu- quick question. Paul Walker is to Ryan Felipe as Freddie Prince Jr. is to who? Is the guys who have like gotten found a way in, but like Paul Walker was always shut out. Well, because Paul Walker isn't attached to a talented person. Right. That was his mistake. <laughs> that is. His he mistake. tried to attach himself to Rachel Lee Cook, but that didn't work. <laughs> but again, remember. Do not worry about Paul Walker. <laughs> Just do not worry about him. He is laughing naked on a mountain of cash somewhere right now. Practicing his lines for Fast and Furious 7. They like, give it to him a year early just to be just to be sure. They'd actually put those movies out every six months, but it takes him a year to memorize the dialogue, <laughs> I think is what happens. And Vin Diesel's sitting there going, God, come on, man. I just want to make these car movies. Want to eat my batteries. <laughs> He's a robot. Anyway, so basically the, the, the bet is, the My Fair Lady bet is... Uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s hot shit. He's like, you know what? I fuck fuck that girl that dumped me. I can make anybody the prom queen. And Paul Walker's like, no, you can't. Not anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, you can't. Click, and he stops talking, and then that's it. <laughs> He's out of the scene, and basically he he powers down. They're looking around. And they're like, All right, who can we make it? Who's who? Would, he's like, you. And you know what, Paul Walker, you get to pick. And right. he's like, hmm. All right, do I want to pick the girl who's overweight? No, I don't for some reason. No. Uh, do I want to pick the girl with, like, you know, weird hair? That's it. The really attractive girl with a weird haircut. It's like you're not fooling anybody here, yeah. movie. You know, like, there's, like, a witch fucking flies through the frame. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mm, no. Nah. He's, it's like. This is the parlor scene of, like, 90s movies. You're like, oh, here we go. Like, okay, select, and we have to watch a minute to two minutes of just, like, horrendous options, and then a beautiful actress gets <laughs> revealed to the camera. Do I want to pick uh, Susie Essman, Rhea Perlman? Uh, let me no. see who, back, who else is back there. Uh, Danny Cat- DeVito in a wig. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a, there's, a, there's a cute girl with glasses. Oh, she'd be the toughest one to be prom queen. Now, Good this luck. is this is I'm reminded of uh, a, a motion picture that came out a few years back. Uh, a Paris Hilton vehicle by the name of The Hottie and the Naughty. Oh, Ooh, excellent. Okay. Film. I never saw it, but I know the premise of it is like Paris Hilton is Paris Hilton, and she's got to be friends with like this ugly chick who's played by uh, the girl who played Al on Step by Step, like oh. the kind of tomboy daughter. I don't remember the actress's name, but she's very attractive, yeah. right? And in the movie, they make her look like an out and out witch like she's got fucking <laughs> warts on a fake nose and fucked up teeth <laughs> and grody hair at least they do hair. that though that's what i'm saying like do something right. to make her not look like attractive Rachel Lee Cook right. if he's if the whole thing is Paul Walker's gunning to find a quote unquote ugly chick uh, just uglify her makeup give department her, give her something crazy you know like she's just out of like some like you know Mental health institution. So there's right. So maybe not a physical thing, but like, but yeah, like maybe she's like a volatile. zany foreign exchange student. <laughs> Hi. Something. 
Yeah. It reminds me of like, remember how how convincing Brittany Murphy was as the ugly girl in Clueless? Like, oh yeah. There's no way you're no, buying no, it. No. But uh. they did stuff to that character. I mean, that's a that's a you know the side plot of that movie is a total Pygmalion thing. Also, right. but they did that. She's more of like an Eliza Doolittle situation. Yeah, because she's got the accent and she's just a little dim-witted. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah, but they nobody... did stuff. But Rachel Lee Cook is just like. Attractive, talented artist. You know, she's like a, the, the, her problem is she's just a little bit introverted. Well, she's a fucking troll. What a freak! <laughs> what yeah, a freak! Send her to the circus. She she doesn't have a lot of friends. I'm like, just gonna stop the one literature major typing us the letter. It's based on Emma, and that's a side plot. In Emma is the the, the relaunch. Oh, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. Excuse me. So it's just the, clu- the clueless part of it. Yeah, yes, yeah. is Emma. Yeah, the only me. reason why somebody doesn't do an accent in this movie though is because nobody has the acting chops to pull one off and there's no way they could afford to pay a fucking accent no way a dialect coach for that long can you imagine trying to teach paul walker to do an accent i mean he's fine though he's doing fine (laughs) don't worry about it do not worry about southern twang everybody it's it is a varsity blues situation which he's also in i don't think he does a southern accent in that movie nope he's the one person who is like don't worry about paul exactly just don't worry about paul walker he's not gonna do a southern accent there's no attempt in any movie where he should possibly have any kind of accent. Fuck it. Just fuck it. Leave him alone. He's Do like, not worry about Paul Walker. He's like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm Paul Walker. <laughs> so basically, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to be really fucking difficult. And I, I mean... Side note to this episode, everything we're about to say has been covered in better form and not another teen movie, which, <laughs> which really skewers this I, film. But I love good. how many times, like, looking up things on this movie, they said parodied in <laughs> not, not another teen. Well, like, that was one of those, that was the scary movie thing where you literally took the script of a movie and just inserted jokes. Which, right, which, right. And then not another teen movie was kind of can't hardly wait. Because, I mean, not, let's not forget 19, the late 90s, we were trying to do John Hughes movies. We were trying and to bring that back. We mm. really were. And I mean, I actually, I, not even for research, just for pleasure, I watched can't, can't Hardly Wait pretty recently. The wife and I did also. And it fucking holds up and it's still a totally hilarious movie. Total time capsule it's movie. Fun. It's a yeah. fun movie. No, I like that movie. I like that movie. Yeah. There's no reason to not. I mean, it's not a perfect fucking movie, and it gets pretty ham-fisted at parts, but newsflash, so does every John Hughes movie ever. Mm -hmm. That's just what happens. It's a movie that knows. I mean, this movie kind of knows how ridiculous it is, but that movie is just aware and allows itself to be kind of stupid, right? Like, like all the, the jocks are so heightened and, like... Everybody, it's a heightened reality, at yeah. the very least. And I think that's really fun. By comparison to this movie, that just looks like, you know, like a, a, a high school, like, community theater production well, this of movie, that movie. Yeah, this movie is, it's, it's a movie made in, like, the same kind of vein as the, the Can't Hardly Wait movie, right? right? But it's made, it's written and directed and acted by people that have no comedic sensibility whatsoever so it just comes across like yeah maybe it's not taking itself too seriously but it doesn't understand how to have fun with the material either right so it just looks like they're doing a bad job at taking themselves seriously Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this joke from paul walker his house is enormous his dad owns harrison ford the actor no the car dealership that's hilarious. Wow, great. Harrison Ford fucking car dealership. And, the, like, honestly, if you give that joke to Seth Green, he'll make it fly. He'll do it. He'll I'm, do not it. Even, I'm not even the world's biggest Seth Green no, fan No, but all. he'll pull it off. You give it to... In, you give it to... 
10 out of 12 people performing at a shitty open mic night in downtown New York City. And they'll pull off that joke so as it doesn't stop everything and have you listen to him go, I mean, it's so terribly delivered. It's terrible. Like if it was a car, if you were driving the car of this movie and you heard that line delivered, you'd think like a tire blew out. You'd almost run (laughs) off the road. No, it'd be like stop and you'd get out and you'd make sure everything was okay. And then you'd like very cautiously turn the engine over again and drive off. Slow. You put your directional on. You're on like an abandoned desert road and you're like looking to see because that's how dead stop of a line. I think it's like you're driving along that jokes delivered and somehow the car is upside down. It's just how did that happen? Upside down, everybody's like, "Oh no, it's underwater." (laughs) You just have to push it out. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mister Rocket. Just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. And I mean, that's that's a lot of this movie. And 
So basically, we've got our, we've got our. It's a really ready-made plot, right? Like, and now he's being deceitful, so he's a bad guy, but he's going to learn his lesson. And she's everything in this movie is really sincere. So she's got a dead mother. She does this. She's an artiste in this. Oh, role. Let's she not, sure is. She, the art that she produces, looks like the art that Jack Nicholson's The Joker makes in <laughs> Tim Burton's Batman, <laughs> like where everything's gruesome and like scarred up, and it's all collage based. A lot of newspaper clippings. Yeah, it looks like Meg Ryan's collage in fucking uh, whatever that movie is. There, uh, the picture we did. Oh, Addicted to Love. Addicted to Love, yeah. Her, her weird stalker collage in that movie. Because it's just, I expected her to walk into her art class with Cleo Duval and be like, Lawrence, music. And <laughs> the then just start walking around. Playing. Trust, or whatever the fuck song that is. Now, but here's what I will give to the authenticity of how fucking terrible her artwork is. It's the same thing, like, it's the short stories I wrote in high school. Sure, you know what I right. mean? It's the fucking screenplays I wrote in high school. Right, like, right, right. Just transferred to shitty fucking collage painting. But you like can't trust it. That's the whole thing. It's like, yes, if a if if a a capable filmmaker and a decent cast were at it, you'd be like, oh, that is high school artwork. But instead, it just looks like they're continuously being incompetent at making movies. <laughs> well, yeah, because you think like, oh, th- this is supposed to be really good, which I think it might sort of. Well, she kind of gets made fun of in art class. There are art school bullies in this movie. Oh, they, they rough her up. They do. They're like, oh, nice painting. Really derivative. And they, like, shove her. Yeah, it's like Clea Duvall and some other woman. They, like, fucking put a cigarette out on her arm. <laughs> it's Clea Duvall and her stunt double. <laughs> That's the way, though, by the way, that Freddie Prinze kind of snakes himself uh, into talking it. to her. He sees an opening. Is, you know, he says something about, like, how he's interested in art and he needs art tutoring he's like yeah yeah i really like art uh maybe you should give me some tips or something and we can hang out and you could tutor me a painting or whatever and she's like <laughs> really you know because her mom died and she's really sensitive like she's very much about like i don't trust it she's like stone cold steve austin in the late 90s dta don't trust anybody nope. that's absolutely true you never <laughs> know when you're gonna get a fucking body slam from behind you <laughs> it's just great in the middle of she gets a slam an aluminum chair to the head <laughs> Dwayne Johnson comes out of the back and rock bottoms her. <laughs> I'd love it. So, yeah, uh, by the way, she's got a best friend in this movie we need to talk about. We certainly I do. I don't know the actor's name. The fella's name is Eldon Henson. You might Eldon remember him from Henson. The Mighty Ducks. I think oh, he's, he's one of Idle Hands. Brothers. He is. He's one of the zombies in Idle Hands, him and Seth Green. He has he something was... sticking out of his head for the majority of the film. Is I think both of them do. I would yep. say he's actually probably one of the better actors in this movie, if not one of the best. Because he's at least comedic and funny, and like he just really needs to play a gay guy. Like this is the '90s it's, version it's of the gay teenager. Right. It's the closest you could get to having a gay. He's teenager. not allowed to. He's no. doing a, so. What they do is they swap out gay for fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. It's they, so they do. awful. Like you can see what they're doing. He's also, by the way, uh, Ashton Kutcher's crazy friend in the Butterfly Effect. Oh. That might be a stay tuned. <laughs> ah, it's 2004. Next year, we'll get there. <laughs> And he wants, so he wants, he goes up, like, she's like, I don't know. And he goes up to her, quote unquote, as, as a heterosexual guy. And he's like, Lady, the hottest guy in school is asking you out. What are you doing? And it's like, what is, like, just say that this character's gay right. and we're fine. And like, well, let's move on from it. And to boot, later on, she looks at him and she says, like, do you think I'm kissable? Which is hilarious. But do you think, <laughs> do you think I'm kissable? And his response should be, no, because I'm not attractive to attracted to women but instead it's 
I just want to, you know me, I eat a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> like that's, it's like, it's a real like Rock Hudson situation in 1999. It's interesting though, because this same exact character e- exists in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. The dude that's friends with Lindsay Lohan right. and Lizzie Kaplan in yeah. that movie. It's the same fucking character, right. but he's allowed to be gay. Yeah, and you know, and that's what four or five years later, something like that. Whenever mm-hmm. Mean Girls came out, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's a good movie. It's a, it, it makes those choices that it's a little though. In that movie, what's her name's not allowed to be a lesbian, right? Lizzie Kaplan is is not a lesbian. Well, although no, I, I guess she's being made fun of for look. So they all, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's. I mean, she's. I retract. The character is like not. The character, I believe, is openly heterosexual. So it's not like any ambiguous. I'm just in art classes a lot. You know, like right. Doritos, <laughs> like Clea Duvall in this film. Yeah, Clea Duvall, whose character is clearly a lesbian, but she just takes a bunch of art classes. That's yeah. the only way you can be gay. Is wear hot dog. Wear. Hot, <laughs> Wear overalls, you know, be overweight, and just take a bunch of art classes. Dude, these overalls, this kid, is it's a bad... I mean, there's a lot of bad looks in this movie. A lot of ribbed t-shirts and so on and so forth. Polo v-necks that happen somehow. I don't get it. Hybrid clothing. This kid's (laughs) out... Like, you know, like, when you go to the casting office, like, all right, this is your palette. And, like, these are the outfits you're going to wear. Every outfit he had has a t-shirt, overalls, and a fucking... Oh, button-down shirt over both of those things somehow. Same. It's not just him, though. Like, you know how sometimes, like, stories come out, like, small towns, like, the high school has, like, a fucking clap outbreak or something like that? This school's got an overalls epidemic going. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> because Rachel Lee Cook's wearing them. There's tons of extras wearing them. By the way, side note, this is some of the worst extras casting I've ever seen. The in my worst life. you I mean the whole thing with an extra is that you don't notice an extra, right? Yeah. Like there you fill you the frame, not. you should not notice an extra. I watched extras so much more than I watched Freya Prince Jr. in this movie. Yeah, like for people whose job it is to, is to be shaped like a human being, <laughs> some of the performances from these people are outweighing the people on the poster. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's all like, you know. They're fucking, they're looking at the actors, so they're like participating in the scene when they really shouldn't be. There's a lot of bad dancing going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is a Bob Iscove movie, so we're going to get to some choreographed dancing <laughs> later. Although this time there's no fucking soap machines anywhere. I was a little disappointed about that. It might be a wild theory here, but uh-huh. the reason we, we entertain mi- those on okay, the show, good, by the way. Good. Um, the reason we might be noticing the extras uh, over the main cast members is because they might be acting. <laughs> <laughs> So they just might be kind of coming out, coming through the screen, and we're just yeah. trying to look past. That's true. Our, our mouth breathers. Yeah. If you if you had a painting and you had the background characters in color, but the foreground characters in black and white, you would notice the background a lot more. Oh yeah. Than right. whatever the fuck's right. go, whatever is going on in the foreground. <laughs> Certainly black and white. Yes. <laughs> now, here's something I want to put out there, and if it comes across a little crass, I apologize. But oh, it's for this show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's something that I'm I'm legitimately curious about. So in this movie, her little brother is played by Kieran Culkin. Okay, Kieran Culkin's character, say that, uh, he's he's dual hearing impaired. He's got he's got hearing aids in both ears. Mm-hmm. This is never addressed in the movie at whatsoever. Nope. My question is, if you have if you're in a wheelchair, you've got fucking crutches or hearing aids like in a movie like this should it not be addressed right you gotta talk about it at a certain point it's kind of cool where it's like oh you know we're totally fine with this character normalize it it, 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 it's normal he's just he just does what he does we don't have to talk about every every second of every day but 
it turns into a thing that, but what are we trying to say here? What are we trying well, to like, do? I don't need a side scene where Kevin Pollack takes him to the fucking audiologist, but like, I just, like, maybe there's a scene where one of the school bullies is making fun of him for right, the hearing aid. Right, Freddie right. Prince Jr. steps in is like, hey man, lay off this kid, you yep. know. You don't make fun of people with disabilities. Like, use it as a teaching opportunity for all the, you know, 13-year-old kids that are going to come see this movie. We come full circle to how this movie doesn't do its homework because they don't understand disability or being impaired. Because there's a scene where Rachel Lee Cook has her glasses taken off and she's like, meh. (laughs) And you're like, you, you, you're just wearing them? And it's like, you should try contacts. She's like, I have them. (laughs) <laughs> I just okay. Like, just write a conflict into the scene. Write a conflict to resolve. Instead, we're just fucking doggy paddling. Like, I'm I'm looking at the two of you right now, and there's two pairs of glasses staring right back at me. Yep. If I were to take the glasses off, we your wouldn't head, be staring at you. You'd be like, "Hey, man, I need those." And I'm not saying like you're gonna be like instantly blind, no. but you're like, "I need these fucking glasses for a reason." You know, I don't need the the Millhouse reaction. Like, I need those to live. Which <laughs> is the fucking greatest line ever. <laughs> but at least be like. Don't take my glasses off. Right. Like I, I wear those. Those are prescription glasses. Well, th- this all the scene you're talking about happens right after she, he goes to the performance art. Holy shit! Oh, a, God. He kind of talks her into going to performance art because he's trying to w- win this bet. He's, he's kind of being a scumbag. He's like, "Look, I guess I like art or whatever." And she's like, "Well, I'm an idiot." So she goes with him <laughs> to this art show, and there's a really long, overly long, running the clock down scene where we're doing a, a performance art piece. That's like, "Hey, is it performance art funny?" and I can get that in 30 seconds. This takes three minutes of nothing. Yeah. And there's like little people involved and like Alexis Arquette's running around with his or her shirt off. So, by the way, Freddie Prince Jr.'s other problem in this movie, aside from like being best friends with Paul Walker, which you shouldn't even worry about, just do not worry. Don't worry about, about him. Do He's not fine. worry about Paul Walker. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're channeling Paul Walker now? Oh, yeah, thank you. That's a more accurate impression. <laughs> so his problem is his dad's incredibly rich. They live at a palace. And his dad, uh, Tim Matheson, Tim Boone from Animal House. Is or not Boone. Uh, Otter. Otter. Thank you. He. So he... And he's a darty. He's he went to Dartmouth. He's a total darty. He's a total darty. He's I think like, my oh. great-granduncle was a darty. Oh, wow. Yeah, Uncle Stan. <laughs> so he's a darty. Yes. And, you know, he's like, oh... Have you decided what college to go to, son? He's like, no, I haven't heard back from any of the colleges yet. No, Dad, leave me alone. (laughs) So he goes upstairs, and he reveals a stack of acceptance letters from Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, NYU, like all the big ones. And they all, in the first line, say in all caps lock, welcome to insert Ivy League school. Here's what that is, because it's all... I guarantee you, if we went back and freeze-framed every single one of those fuckers, it's just the same the wording. Same yeah. yeah, and it's congratulations, welcome to Dartmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Through all of them, because this movie isn't a movie. Oh, so God. basically, his that's his big that's his white man's burden in this film is that <laughs> he doesn't know which Ivy League school to go to, which is really difficult. So I can't he, make up my mind. <laughs> so he goes up on stage because, like, Rachel Lee Cook is like, okay, you know you. You want to be an artist, huh? Well, be a performance artist. He's like, uh, performance art, performance art. He pulls out a hacky sack. Oh, come on. <laughs> and starts doing a hacky sack of his life. Like, choose a good college. It's like kind don't of a Don't let it drop. Spot. Yeah, don't let it drop. Don't let it drop. Pressure. And, pressure. And it has my favorite thing in the world, which is a hacky sack stunt double, who's about <laughs> a foot and a half taller than him. 
clearly like a skater dude. He like, looks like Paul Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Failed vice presidential candidate Paul Ryan. But he can't be Paul Ryan because Paul Ryan doesn't know how to hack. No, he might. He's a noted Rage Against the Machine head. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, what a fucking dickhead. Anyway. And, you know, so that after that, like, he, she's like, oh, wow. And he gets a big applause because everyone's impressed by him for some reason. And, like, oh, he blows him away. The embers start to, her, her uh, facade starts to crumble a little bit. She's like, oh, thanks. You got really beautiful eyes. Take those dumb glasses off. Take off those stupid eyeglasses. And she gets so fucking offended. But, like, you know, not because, like, oh, you just ripped the glasses off my head and I barely know you. She's more concerned about the fact that, like, here's the most popular guy in school who, like, says something nice to her. And she's like, uh, what does she say? She's like, uh, this happened once before. It was in the 20s. It was called surrealism. And, like, fucking walks away. It's like, granted, he didn't, maybe you're uncomfortable, but, like, he didn't do anything bad. He was like, you have pretty eyes. And she's like, oh, great. Well, because <laughs> My she's... whole world's upside down. Everything's fine. This could work out, but you're already lying to me. You're lying to me because I know for a fact my eyeballs are disgusting. Well, the weird thing is he's really creepy in this movie like not only is he trying to win a bet and like we don't know what's going on inside Freddie prince jr because he's Freddie prince jr uh wait actually uh, i just want to stop you there because i actually have some audio from what's going on inside Freddie prince jr's head That was, that was exclusive audio. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Is that live or is that archived? It was archived, but I was able to get it in preparation for if it came up for the show. Oh, yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome stuff. <laughs> and Technology. <laughs> you know, so basically, she, he's like, let's go to the beach. And she's like, all right, let's go. Wow. He shows up to her house the next day. And it's really, like, again, like, this isn't how you court somebody in the 90s. Maybe you send her an email, a text. Uh, you're you're going to page her. You're going to page her. I apologize. We, we learned that. You're going to call her landline to landline and be like, hey, let's, let's have a nice Cordless long- to cordless. Cordless yeah, to yeah, cordless. Yeah. Have a nice conversation. But like, he does not do that. He, he just is keeps a creep. Sh- he keeps showing up at her house and like. So uh, much knocking on doors. Kieran Culkin's got a crush on him. He's like, oh man, I really want a big brother. And he's like, ha that's great. He's like, hey, you want to play Sega? And he's like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Pollock's like, I'm blue collar Kevin Pollock, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, I clean pools for a living. My daughter's so sweet. Like, we no, live in a mansion. I love Jeopardy and wearing my bathrobe in front of company. Don't worry, I'm not bald into this baseball hat, which I wear through the entire film. <laughs> there Part is. Of the re- Part of the reason why Frey Prince Jr. seems like such a creep is that he doesn't start acting until about two seconds after the door opens in all these scenes. So he's got this like blank Paul Walker look on his face, and then you see him boot up and then smile and say, hey. Changing power auxiliary from Paul Walker to Freddie Prince Jr. So he's like, let's go to the beach. She's like. I don't want to go to the beach with you because I just don't want to go to the beach. He's like, you got to. And he's like, well, I'm going to hang around your house all day and hang out with your family. He's like, well, I guess I have to go to the beach now. This is where Freddie Prince Jr. introduces her to his army of boy slaves. Yep. Because she's like, I can't go to the beach. I have to help my dad clean the house. I have chores to do. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's great. I'm a whole bunch of people with me. And so then... All of these little boys just walk into the house. <laughs> and and cl- they, don't, they don't define... I mean, you know, it's clear that they're JV, but 
the the letters JV it's don't come out. They're JV. They, when he says like, "Oh, it's JV," you get it. But there's like a minute of movie time that passes where it's just like thirteen-year-old boys. Does like, he actually mention filing? How he knows? Yeah, that? he did yeah. JV. It, oh, okay. It's kind of like that movie Bully for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oof. <laughs> Who are make these you watch kids? all this gay pornography with which, me. Which brings us back to the fact that Freddie Prince Jr. is not a nice guy. No, I he's mean, not. they no. never sell you on anything about him except for like his white man's burden. <laughs> that is the only thing that he's contending with. And he's not a nice guy. He bullies JV around. He's introduced by walking up to a picture of himself and smiling at himself. The one opportunity that they fucking blew it with with that shot is I wanted him to walk up, look at the... Fr- it's a framed fucking photograph, by the way, because he's, like, class president. He's Mr. Prez. That's his license his plate. His license plate. Oh, God. I want him to walk up to that picture, look at it, kind of tilt his head like a dog, and then, like, polish part of it with his <laughs> cuff. Like, that's the one thing he doesn't... Like, there should be a smudge on there, and he's like, uh-uh-uh. I think if it like a dog, he wouldn't know what it was. He'd try to, like, walk into it. <laughs> No, he's like a dog. He thinks it's another him, <laughs> and he's really confused. He's, he's actually that's the one full understanding of disability in this film is he's got like a facial recognition problem. That's <laughs> why so he keeps looking at Rachel Lee Cook and saying like, "Your eyes are beautiful," and she's like, "You can't see my face. It's clear to me because you wouldn't say that false statement." So we go to the beach. We're having a great time at the beach. And there's a there's a volleyball scene that does not hold up to Top Gun, I'll tell you that fucking much. <laughs> does not hold a goddamn candle. <laughs> so th- this is like, there's a bunch of uh, uh, notable actors here that we can sort of get out of the way to like round out their gang. Let's run yeah. through them. So it's, it's Dulé Hill from The West Wing and uh, USA Network Psych. Characters welcome. Perennial psych just all the time. <laughs> uh, and then you got uh, Lil Kim. Lil Kim. Uh, and then you got uh, 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 Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys 2's Gabrielle Union. Uh, and then there are a couple other actors just, that just don't, some people that you've don't seen really another, cut it. Like Just that kind of stable that kind of went... I mean, and Cleo Duvall is another example of this. Yeah. Like, who's also in Can't Hardly Wait with a bunch of other people from this movie. Yeah. Like, it, 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 this, that was the thing. Do they know Can't Hardly Wait was... The good one. It was, it was the high watermark, really. If they're t- if they're if Cleo Duvall's like, huh, which movie was I in that was better? Can't hardly wait, yeah. or she's all that. I think she probably has an understanding yeah. that it's can't hardly wait. Maybe she had a better time making she she's all that. She's got a bigger role yeah, in she's it. Got some lines, yeah, a little more dramatic end of things. Right. You know, she's only got like one or two lines and can't hardly wait. But I think everybody knows she's all that is the 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 low end of this wave of teen movies. Right. The second story of this movie that kind of it happens kind of in contrary to everything else is Paul Walker realizes that she's hot and wants to fuck her. And like yep. that's he just sets his laser vision on it. He's like, he dude, sa- if you don't want to fuck her, I'll fuck her, bro. He says it by <laughs> saying, look at the bubbles on her when she when she take gets into her swimsuit. And what's amazing is like Paul Walker is pitching mostly slang that he's made up or somebody <laughs> the, the screenwriter yeah. Fleming and or M. Night Shyamalan has made dun, dun, up dun. and uh, so yeah. he, he says things like she's totally bubblicious in the donka donka beep bop and you're like that's not real slang and everybody in the world doesn't act around it so you're like I guess it is well because it, it's the 90s and we need to have overwritten dialogue at every turn because right. Kevin Williamson did that once did that well once yep. so that's how teenagers talk, period. 
that's we have the the Kevins and Quentin to thank. Right. For that. That's yeah, the thanks, team. guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. So we just got to be saying a bunch of shit, just just diarrhea Verbal falling diarrhea. out of our mouth with some pop culture references and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and like. Which also, by the way, calling a chick's boobs bubbles—that's bubbles. not like a compliment. No. Bubble is obviously a reference to the uh, to a woman's ass. Yeah, that's the bubble. bubble. You don't bubble. Bubble butt. Bubble, butt. bubble yeah, butt's been around bubble forever. Butt. I believe bubble butt was coined in 1923 by a jazz musician <laughs> by the name it of... It was surrealism. <laughs> who was shortly put to death right afterwards. <laughs> you called it a what? Uh, <laughs> to the gallows. <laughs> so now it's like, hey, let's... Anna Paquin comes over, gives her a makeover. Because oh, like... Jesus. For some reason, she's got to go to the dance. Not a dance. It's a, it's a, a party. It's, a party it's at Dulé Hills house. It is party at Dulé Hills the house. house party. Oh yeah, that mansion. It's huge. You get lost in it. You will get lost in it. There's <laughs> going to be scenes in it that don't make a whole lot of sense and just take the film nowhere. <laughs> it's shot in 15 different locations. You won't even know where you are. So she gives her contacts, tweezes her eyebrows, and gives her a fucking haircut. Give me a. I don't. I don't trust anybody. Yeah, I don't trust anybody coming over my house giving me a haircut. By oh, the we've way. never met. Yeah, okay, cut my hair. <laughs> No, thank you. Come out here, 14-year-old girl. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> sure you do a great job. This is all during a scene where the, uh, whatever, the Silos, is that his name? Zach Silo? Siler. 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 Not unlike heroes. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Man, I would love it if there was a scene where Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker like got in an argument, and then Freddie Prince Jr. used his brain power to cut the top of Paul Walker's head off, and then he fucking ate his brain. Well, Except no, he went, "Where is it? Where? Where?" Nothing. It would pop like a fucking balloon. <laughs> but lead I thats a digression. Don't worry about Paul Walker. But He's fine. Do not worry about Paul Don't Walker. Worry. He's I'm, I'm fine. Guys, do not worry about Paul Walker. I'm, I'm fine. FYI, do not worry about Paul Walker. What? I'm fine. <laughs> so this is during another scene. <laughs> this is during another scene where the Silers have taken over Rachel Lee Cook's house. Yep. So she's upstairs cutting her hair, and Zach or Freddie Prince Jr.'s downstairs just hanging out in the living room watching whatever he wants on the bubble tube. <laughs> After she's asked, every time she, he comes in contact with her, she asks him to leave a few times, and he just doesn't do it. No, nope. he won't go. And it's like he stands his ground, and <laughs> slowly, slowly in every uh, every scene, every subsequent scene, we see him kind of getting in more and more easily. Yeah. So, like at one point, he's just walking down into the basement. We don't know how he's gotten inside, and she's like, "You're not wanted here." <laughs> no means no, Freddie. And he's like, "Yes, I am." Yep. You I am. need the scene, by the way, and this is again, you know totally underdeveloped side of things and you think about some of the the father figures in the john hughes movies uh specifically pretty in pink but like you need the scene where kevin pollock's like all right listen scumbag yeah we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk for a little bit i'm gonna right. do my christopher walken impression on you we're gonna settle things right now you know what i mean like you need that scene where he's like what's your game i know that you're the big fucking dumb jock yep. at school you're right. the class president my daughter is this introverted art student there's no way your paths have crossed exactly. legitimately she what lost her mother god bless her soul rest in peace she drowned in a pool accident 
spilled in the pool. And she, she was fell killed in. by Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich before <laughs> the events of the movie. No, it's, that's the that's the weird deleted side plot of the movie. Much like how Coolio is deleted from Daredevil, <laughs> it's the side plot, and then Liev Shriver is the one who's in jail on those charges, oh. but he should not be. Absolutely, it makes not. sense. It makes sense. Poor no, Cotton the mother, Weary. The mother, as I understand it, and Andrew was talking about it. Uh, did she? I believe she died in a pool accident. Yeah, it was like a hepatitis C thing. There wasn't <laughs> enough chlorine in the pool. She wound up, you know. Yeah, and that's how Kevin Pollock got so into being Doctor Pool because <laughs> he made, needed to make him clean. I made a vow to my family Poole. and to myself that no one would ever get hepatitis C in a pool I built ever again. That's right. Doctor Pool really stepped it up after that. <laughs> I never thought a movie could do with a little bit of Kevin Pollock impersonations. You know, yeah, no, exactly. impression could have hurt. Yeah, oh, like, no way. You know great. what? You think you know the guy I'm intimidating? What about my friend Captain James D. Kirk? And he just starts doing his thing. <laughs> you know, if you don't get out of here right now, pal, you're gonna have to hear from my good friend Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you intimidate Freddie Prince Jr. Just start changing your voice at him, and he'll get all rattled like a dog and just run away. <laughs> when people. <laughs> When people audition yeah. for roles and they say, like, write down, you know, the impersonations yeah. that you can do, yeah, do they skills. just cross out Al that Pacino c- on everybody's? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. They cross out Al Pacino. They cross out Christopher Walken. It's just like, yeah, Anyone we know. who's like, yeah, you know what? I'm sure you can fucking find your way around a Christopher Walken. <laughs> right, impression. shocking. You can do an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure you could do Jay Moore's Christopher Walken. Congratulations. <laughs> that's what. That's funny, though, that we're talking about this, because just yesterday uh, we were watching a, a old SNL sketch at work, and it's Bill Hader doing that Alan Alda impression. And I what? said, that's how you know Bill Hader is a fucking comic genius, because there's absolutely no reason to work on and develop an Alan Alda impression. Yep. But he has one, and it's fucking incredible. Right, 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 right. He just, because it's like, all right, I'm going to add this to my arsenal because I think it's funny. Yep. Right. And nobody else is everyone doing else, it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But let's stop talking about talented actors. <laughs> yeah. So we're at the bar, we're at the party, and <laughs> Jody Lynn O'Keefe shows up with uh, Matthew Lillard, who's just like, He's being puck and like he's like he's got a marker for autographs. He has his own dance scene for no reason. He sure does. The quote unquote arc of Matthew Lillard's character actually turns into a question mark because I don't understand it. I really don't get. I don't know what he's doing in this movie. I don't know what he's doing. I feel like this happens in another movie that I can't pinpoint right now, but like maybe it's just the last time I watched this movie. But the the whole like older you know like older man comes and hangs out at the high school and goes to the parties and no one's really thinking anything of it but he's like someone's boyfriend well yeah. that's oh oh uh, i think you're thinking of my life story which is when <laughs> oh, i was is... a junior buckle up this is great when i was a junior in high school uh one of the senior seniors went they we had senior projects it was like a, a frou-frou kind of private school so you had a, sure you had a senior project. You could go do it. Take the last month of school off to do that. So, because you're all super seniors or seniors, anyways, you have senioritis. She went to Spain to do who knows what. Meets Rob Schneider in a <laughs> dance club and gets married to him two years later. But flashback to while we're still in high school. I'm going to a prom party, and who's sitting there in the kitchen but making copies Rob <laughs> Schneider? And we're, you'd think 
think for a moment, because this is like right around Deuce Bigelow and, yeah. you know, maybe pre the animal. Yeah. <laughs> that magical window we had. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think that that's like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to have like this celebrity yeah. hanging out with us. An but, SNL alum at this house party? But he's like 42, and she's like 18. Yeah. And so we're like, it's just, it's like when you're, you know, when your friend's like mom's boyfriend is hanging out at a party a little yeah. too late. Like she's gone to sleep, but he's just having one more beer. Luke, like, just, don't you want to go to sleep with mom? <laughs> no, I want to talk about the Patriots for a little longer with my friend here. What you What's say? your name again? <laughs> Is it Derek? I'm gonna guess Derek. You're Derek now. So that this, that that marriage ended in divorce. Oh, oh weird. Weird. Uh, <laughs> at this dance, uh, it, it, I keep calling it a dance. It's a party. Uh, Johnny Lynn O'Keefe erotically assaults Rachel Lee Cook. I thought I just fell ass backwards into a couple of scenes from Wild Things. I had no idea what was going really on. Really sexual because she just goes up. She's like, "Oh, you, you know, you're a dumb poor girl. Isn't your dad my pool man?" I'm like, "Yeah, I get your character." And then she goes, "Oops!" And she like slowly, sensually pours her drink down Rachel Lee Cook's red dress, and it's like. My mistake. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? Also, by the way, I think it, it's worth pointing out that it's not just like, oh, let's spill the fucking solo cup of beer. It's a glass of red wine. <laughs> it sure is. Drip, 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 drip. And, and I, I expected her to be like, now what are we going to do about this? <laughs> like, that's the next line. I guess right? we have to clean you up. Yeah, like, it's so fucking out of nowhere. It's, and Rachel and it's Lee Cook's not even weirded out by it, though. She's, she's into like, it. She's like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> fuck it. Well, like, but if you're going to humiliate somebody, throw your drink in their face. Like, right. Ha-ha! <laughs> you know, like, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Just a note for you teens out there. If, you know, if some fucking... Poor girl shows up to your party, throw the drink in her face. Just right into her face. So Matthew Lillard does a dance that he believes is going to seduce Jody Lynn O'Keefe, I think is the idea. Yeah. Or just like impress everybody at the party. And it's so awkward because yeah, he's Rob Schneidering it up at this party. Yeah, literally no one gives a shit. And he's like taking his fucking shirt off yeah. and like dancing around and like grabbing his balls and all sorts of shit. And nobody cares. Like this is now like... If you were to be standing around at a party and Puck from the real world was like dancing and you'd be like, well, this dude is a washed up hack. This is embarrassing. I, I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for everyone at the party. I wish this would stop. And that's what you're thinking when you're watching the movies. Right. Man, I wish this would stop. <laughs> I just, oh boy. Oh, geez. I wish this would stop. And that's, once again, really bad filmmaking because it's like you're watching this movie and like you're supposed to look at that scene and be like, that's so, like, I can't wait to watch more of this because it's so stupid and embarrassing. It's funny, but it's just embarrassing for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Now the movie actually has an engine because prom, se prom season starts and it's like, Oh my god, somebody nominated her for prom queen and now Jodelino Kiff's really pissed off. She gets broken up with by Matthew Lillard, by the way, because he's going off to do real world world rules challenge because they paid for that fucking MTV license and they are gonna use it. Well, oh, that's the thing. Is <laughs> this yeah. we didn't see anything that said this was made by MTV. It's a Miramax film, right? Yeah, it's a Miramax film. But there's no I mean, I'm just I don't want to shame the MTV movie awards here. Yeah. But if you have that much of your product in a movie and you're <laughs> awarding that film, you have to recuse yourself. You, you gotta take a step away. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a weird thing, though. So, like, if let's say there was an amazing movie that came out, right? Mm -hmm. An amazing movie, right? But it's about the Academy Awards. <laughs> Can you nominate that movie for an Academy Award? It, 
I don't think so. It's kind of like the NBA. Well, I don't know. The NBA owns the New Orleans Hornets, and that's really weird. The and Pelicans, you the mean? The Pelicans. Yeah, get the- ready for those T-shirts. <laughs> I-, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just it's it's poor sportsmanship. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> you can't just you can't just get away with it. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think that movie can win. You have to. You just have to understand. They can. Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook have nothing better to do. They can show up and present an award. Sure. Fuck it. They can host the damn show. Right. But they cannot win if half of your movie is MTV found footage. Right. And I you know, I don't know where that line was drawn. I mean, this is before MTV got into the movie making yeah. racket. Before pre- Joe's apartment. Yeah, pre Joe's apartment. Oh, no, I was gonna say this might this movie might be post Joe's apartment. Okay. Now that I think about it. Because that was the first MTV yeah, movie. I believe right? so, yeah, yeah. it was. But I mean, they don't have anything to do with this other than they, they license their name and everything. Like it's it's Miramax, Bob and Harvey are yeah. all over this fucking thing. Oh yeah, which, making Hundreds of million. Oh, this was a hit. This was a hit. This was a huge it was a hit. It got uh, over hundred million dollars and was made for ten million. Where did those ten million dollars go? Oh, that's where it went. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so Paul Walker's like, "Your chick's kind of hot. I want to fuck her." And he's like, "But you know, this bet's going on that we have, I guess, which has they don't define the terms. Like the, the whole bet seems really weird because like." I get a movie being like, oh, because it, 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 it winds up being a punchline to the movie. But right. when you're making a bet with somebody, you wouldn't hold off on making the terms until, you know what I mean? Like, they shake hands and everything, and then right. they're like, terms to be decided later. At Talk- a later date. Talk to you later. Uh, but they, they do have a very sensual locker room oh, fight, I love this scene. which is fantastic. So they're, they're playing a game of footy, and fucking Freddie Prince Jr. just blows it. Like, it's a really hilarious like, the goalie comes like 15 feet away from the goal and falls over. Totally. So there's just no one left. Open goal. And he just boots this thing and it goes out of bounds. So Paul Walker's like, you know, man, it's uh, it's probably because you haven't dropped a load in a while. <laughs> and he's like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, bro. When was the last time you got any, man? I'll tell you what, man. Let's make another bet right now. If I get laid before you do, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you get laid before I do, you can get the pink slip to my car. That's a Fast and the Furious yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have so, so the, many pink slips. It's so pink slips. And they... <laughs> They get in this huge fucking fight, and then, like, Dulé Hill, who's the only one who's still wearing a towel, gets it. And I'll, I got to hand it to Dulé Hill because, listen, if two friends get in a fight in the locker room and I'm just there with a towel <laughs> on, I'm just going to hang back. Let it play out. Just see what happens because they're fully dressed. Paul Walker's already got his white cargo khakis on. Yeah, you he's know, he's fully go. dressed. Pretty Friends has his fucking horizontal striped sweater on. I'm going <laughs> to hang back, but also be like, Ricky, Ricky, get in there because you got shorts on. I'm not going to get in there. I can't stop this fight. I can't do it. I can't do it. Ricky, just do it. Just do unless, it for me. You know, unless I had one of those towels that there's like an elastic waistband yeah. on, and it's kind of <laughs> like you're just wearing a skirt. <laughs> yeah, that's... but it's not that because Dulé Hill is one hand <laughs> trying to push off Paul Walker, and the other hand making sure his cock doesn't fall out. <laughs> he does a great job. He's a great multitasker. <laughs> that's why he's good. so good in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the next thing is obviously it's 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 the she's all that moment, which I've been talking about for three years. Yeah, which <laughs> we really did. This backwards. I mean, <laughs> this is our first episode to set up the rest. You guys should go back to all the other episodes and just be like, for reference, <laughs> jump, jump ahead four years. And it's, you know, she finds out she's a fucking bet. 
which you're using that PG-13, you're allowed one fuck in a oh, movie. They oh, use yeah. it well. Which is also, but it's also poorly directed, like everything else in this movie, because we're look, we're on the reaction shot of Freddie Prince Jr. when she says that. Right. We don't see her say fucking bet. You well, because her, like, it costs more. Side. Yeah. It costs more to see her actually say it. <laughs> costs a little more money. A little bit more money. Because then it's not only the 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 hearing audiences that'll understand; it's the hearing impaired lip reading audiences that will also know she said "fuck." So that's right, exactly. Money. Right now, Kieran Culkin would have no idea <laughs> that his sister cursed. His sister cursed. There is a there is a a great moment where he tries to like redeem himself in her eyes, and it's one of the most fa- like famous. Jesus, look at me! One of the most well remembered shitty scenes of all the shitty scenes in this movie. And that's where Kieran Culkin is rollerblading around the cafeteria, asking people if they'd like fresh ground pepper on things. Because he's zany, brother. Like that's yeah. all. And that's that's literally no other definition needed. He's just ducking it up. Yeah. yeah. And so these two bullies, one of which is the Shermanator from the American Pie film franchise, uh, they start bullying him a little, and they're like, "Hey, man, we're gonna make you eat this pizza with the Shermanator's pubes all over it because it's the '90s and we love pubic hair." Now, pubes. this is the thing, though. This dude's just tearing pubes off himself. <laughs> he pulls a lot out. There's a lot of pubes on this pizza. Like, but, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> You know, if you're going in, like, you have to go in there already being like, well, I'm going to make him fucking eat pube pizza, man. Go in the bathroom with some scissors and clip off some pubes no, for you, your pube Andrew, pizza. you got to die for your art form. You got to <laughs> die. You got to feel some pain. No pain, no gain. Listen, oh. I'm all for a great prank, but I'm <laughs> not going to tug a tuft of pubes off my body. Oh, dude, totally going to make him pay for it. Here we go. Uh, this is going to be really hilarious. <laughs> and so Freddie Prince Jr. steps in and just makes the two idiots eat the pube Which pizza. Which doesn't make any sense because he's the same height and weight as both of these dudes. And Scrawnier even. Scrawnier. And he's like, dude, eat your pizza pubes. And he's like, Hoover. You're going to have to eat those. <laughs> going to have to hoover it, which he says. He says hoover. hoover it. Hoover it. He and, says, <laughs> and like for whatever reason, because he's the undisputed king of the school, he's a god. He's a god. He's established. I guess he's a god. He's a god. He's a god. Yeah, that's true. Hoover it. <laughs> Eat your fucking pube pizza. You know, Hoover those pubes. You know, the only time I'm eating a pube pizza without putting up a fight, if Henry Cavill Superman shows up, he's like, "Eat this pube pizza," and I'm like, "Well, you know what? Eat I got this- no chance, Superman. Here it comes. Eat this pube pizza, or I'll break your neck." Which. <laughs> Everyone had a problem with me because who fucking cares? When that's over with, when the, when the pube pizza is consumed and he's like, you know, stop fucking with this kid, you know. Then we have these back and forth glances between uh, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. That's like they get like two or three a piece before the back. scene's over with. Yeah, but oh, it's yeah. amazing because there's nothing there. No, no it's one's like saying I'm anything. just looking at pictures of two different people in different locations. It's cut so poorly, it doesn't even look like they're making eye contact. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so she's all that moment happens. She realizes she's a fucking bet. She winds up saying, fuck you, I'm going to go to the dance with Paul Walker anyway. And Paul, Because Paul Walker actually plays this off really well. He's like... I know I'm a dick, but I'm upfront about it. Don't worry about it. And she's like, yeah, I guess I won't worry about you, Paul Walker. I'll go well, to the he, dance with you. He's sly. He's like, you made that bet, Freddie Prince Jr. And Freddie Prince Jr. is not like, with you. <laughs> right. No, that's. I, I was just thinking about that. I think that's like, you know, 
that's the moment where I guess you're supposed to think that he might be a good guy because that's the easy way out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro, you were the other side of that bet. And then she won't have fuck all to do with either of them. But he keeps quiet about it, plays it cool. For what? Because he thinks that he can earn her back by because at this point he realizes he does have actual feelings for her. Right. But, but why not take Paul Walker down? Because, yeah. be, because it's it's a more vindictive thing to do and thus making him look even worse in her eyes. That's, I feel is what we're dealing with. That's Instead he's gonna let her get railed by Paul Walker. <laughs> Don't worry about him, all right? Do not worry about Paul Walker or Paul Walker's sex life. So we're going to the prom. Freddie Prince Jr. goes with his little sister, which is creepy as Weird. fuck. He's dressed like Lestat the Vampire, by the way. <laughs> I don't know now, what... Now, wait a second. Tom Cruise Lestat or Stuart Townsend Lestat? <laughs> Some sort of weird hodgepodge. <laughs> Either way, it's a kind of leather tuxedo. A real hybrid polo v-neck <laughs> version of Lestat. <laughs> At least they don't go in and they, like... You know, get their picture taken yeah, together. That's just too or something. weird. You know, they just go. They do just go, and like uh, Dulé Hill's like, oh hey, well he had a choice between Little Kim and uh, Gabrielle Union, so he picked Gabrielle Union. Right, he had <laughs> a choice between the two black girls, and he's a one black guy, and that's how they made that decision. <laughs> I think Steve was more referencing the fact that he chose someone who's closer in high school age because Little Kim's about forty nine years She's old. Forty nine years old in this film, it's unbelievable. And she she has what three lines? Usher Raymond. Is is also in the film as the um, as the sort of Samuel L. Jackson of Do the Right Thing. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's constantly keeping us informed as the the narrator of who gives a shit high school. He's telling us how hot it is outside the whole movie. <laughs> oh, Mookie, stay cool with that pizza. <laughs> By the way, speaking Radio of Radio Raheem, put down that boombox. <laughs> Fat kid, put down that pizza pie. <laughs> Don't all be eating a few pizzas. <laughs> Part of the diversity of this movie, and this is, I swear to God, guys, the last thing we talk about before prom, uh, <laughs> is the rap scene. Oh, my God. These the rap fucking scene. shit. The titular rap of She's All That. So the thing we didn't, just to, uh, to not get us even further away from prom, but also sort of, this leads us into talking about prom and why this rap is related to prom. Leading up to prom, there's a campaign for prom queens. Big everybody deal. everybody deal. knows it's going to be Freddie Prince Jr. is going to be the king of the prom. It's done. Nobody has to He's worry about God. that. <laughs> but the nominations for prom queen are uh, Rachel Lee Cook and uh, old what's-her-face. Jody Mitt Romney. O'Keefe. <laughs> Mitt Romney. <laughs> Georgia O'Keefe? <laughs> Is it Jody, Jody, Jody O'Keefe? Georgia O'Keefe was a little busy for She's uh, All That. And the student body is just a fucking flutter with who's going to win. And there's deal. like, it's an out and out campaign that's going mm-hmm. on here. Mm-hmm. There's posters and slogans and rallies and raps. And just these. These kids that sh- I shouldn't say kids, they're each 30 years old. At it's least. a real what are you doing on this campus situation. And they're uh-huh. like, they, they each have like buttons of different prom queens. And they're like, this is who I think is going to win the prom queen. No, and they're, they're just wrapping it up. And everyone's just, why would you, these gentlemen be inspired to see which white girl's going to win prom queen? Is my question. There's no way for us to convey to you their lyrical. Lyrical stylings without having you hear it. Right? Well, here we go. Taylor did Zach for a carnival. All for the high school jock named Brock. With my man click on the beatbox. Lean. Yeah, yeah, she's all that. 
So we're at prom. And, you know, now Usher Raymond says to everybody, now everybody do the dance I taught you. And the Fat Boy Slim song comes on. Fucking Rockefeller skank. And, Sean, you found this on IMDb that they... This scene was added after the fact just to run up the time, the runtime. They didn't. They needed to get up over ninety minutes, so they were like, "What? What could we do that would last four to seven minutes?" Which I don't understand. Like making it go a little over ninety minutes because it's not much longer than ninety minutes. It's ninety-five minutes, so it's like, you know, Woody Allen's been consistently putting out movies for like forty years that have all been about. 85 to 92 minutes. Which like, is totally fine. You can have an 89-minute fucking teen movie. Who gives a shit? Well, you know yeah. why? That's because Woody Allen never heard Fat Boy Slim. That's uh, the problem. No, That's I true. think it's because Woody Allen really has that a... Rockefeller skank song. <laughs> Woody Allen's movies have a, a, a certain um, quality. Oh, oh, yeah. So this movie was lacking that, <laughs> and so they put in a Fat Boy Slim choreographed dance sequence. But I just love... Like, okay, have it be... You want to have a dance number? Fine, man. You know, I've seen Gene Kelly break out into a dance a thousand fucking times, mm. and I don't question it because it's just a dance number. But when you have Usher on the microphone going, now do the dance I taught you, you're just, you're fucking just putting the spotlight on it, and it's so, it makes it so much more artificial than it's, it's already going to feel when you're having a, a group of prom kids doing a choreographed dance. You have to, you have to imagine the rehearsals. Right. That what is that play. rehearsal yeah. like? How are you getting all those people to that convention center to do this choreography? Everybody go to the gym. Put on your gym clothes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is a jazz box. Okay, everybody do the jazz box. <laughs> Jimmy? J- okay, that's better. Okay, next move. <laughs> By the way, not put on your gym clothes. Put on what you're going to wear because you better know how to dance in a fucking tuxedo, flip it around in prom heels. Like, it's a difficult thing. And Listen. it's so fucking phony and bogus. Like, I get it. This is a bad movie. But this is a mistake added to a bad movie that makes it so exponentially worse. Listen, Laney, you can wear open toe shoes to this. <laughs> But I'm telling you, you're going to get stomped on by somebody's <laughs> pumps. It's a big dance. There, It's a big number. My favorite little yeah. side part of this is when uh, the fat kid meets Anna Paquin. And like this is when they – because they can't let this fat kid be gay. They can't – we can't even gay. pretend he's gay. So – he meets Anna Paquin. He's like, "Ooh, you're dreaming." She's like, "I go to a school with all boys. Y'all do all I, girls, all girls." And I kind of expected, like, th- then they cut away, and it's. I was kind of expecting like some weird mice and men moment when he comes out like he's covered in blood. Like <laughs> she was so nice to me, I couldn't help myself. Which would have been a great ending to this movie. Oh, God, what a fucking oh, twist. That's, that's probably what Shyamalan pitched. <laughs> Instead, what we have is him figuring something out and running through the prom and playing this joke not once, not twice, probably three times it's where like he runs up times. and they're like, I forget what his name is. Hey, pig farmer. Pig farmer. <laughs> Those overalls that he did not wear to prom, surprisingly. What, what's that, pig farmer? I just... I just, I just Laney. Prom. Hybrid. Polo. Phoenix. Horizontal stripe. Ripped. Here, by the way, is to humiliate this character even further... Uh, his character's name is Jesse Jackson, by the way. Oh, that's a funny little joke. But so w- when we see him first at prom, he's 
hoovering a hefty-sized bowl of peel and eat shrimp. He is fucking going through it. Man. So then we cut to a bathroom scene where Paul Walker's like, I'm going to fuck this girl. It's going to be great. I already have my hotel room key. It's fucking pink. It's going to be perfect. And then they all walk out like, whatever, dude. Nobody gives a fuck. And then that we hold on the shot of the bathroom and the stall door opens. And, of course, the fat guy's taking a big peel and eat shit. <laughs> It's just so humiliating and degrading for this actor. And at that moment, for a second, you're like, oh shit. He knows that Paul Walker has these plans. Paul Walker's in trouble. But don't worry. Paul Walker's going to be okay. Do not worry about Paul He'll be fine. Well, the funny thing is, the big surprise, the reveal that he's running around to tell anyone who will listen... Is that that some high school kid wants to have sex with his prom day? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he has intentions on her. Like, of course, it's not like he started shaking a pill bottle. Like, exactly. And if she doesn't say yes, yeah, like, oh, if, she, if you know, I don't care if I get a yes or a no. He's just like, I'm. A, I, I got this hotel room. I'm gonna take her there, and you know, hopefully, we'll have sex because I'm 17 years old, and that's what people do on prom. Like, I'm not gonna... because I'm 35 years old and I'm Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, it's like that's another. I, I I wonder if that's kind of like a producer, um, if like a lot of people have their, you know, finger in that pot or trying to figure it out. Because it's like, can you, can Paul Walker say like, I'm going to have sex with her no matter what? Can he say that? Or at that point in Paul Walker's fame, is somebody like, no, he can't say that. He has to say something. It has to be insinuated. Because they vague, I mean, they go on, we'll get there, to... Basically, say like he is forcing himself upon her. Yeah, but right. they we can't don't see that. We yeah. don't see it, but we learn that that happened. And to me, for the story's sake, it would have been nice to be like have that black and white moment where yep. we're like, "Oh, Paul Walker's a horrific, you know, bad guy. Bad guy. Like he's just a high school dick, but that doesn't make him a rapist. You know no, what I mean? He's like, not any more of a dick than Freddie Prince Jr. is he's, at the he's beginning. Probably of this movie. less of a dick than Freddie Prince Jr. for the majority of this movie. So, long story short, this guy finally wheezes out the information that, you know, this is going to happen. And Jodie Lynn O'Keefe wins prom queen. Who gives yeah, they're a shit? both king and queen. It doesn't matter. She talks shit into the microphone during her speech. No and one And then, cares. like, Paul, uh, Freddie Prince, she's like, I don't even care. And he walks away, which is right. great. So he's, like, driving through, you know, Los Angeles or wherever they live. And because she leaves on her own volition with Paul Walker. Yeah, they just go. He's and he's like, you want to go? You want to head to this hotel room? And she's like, yeah, it's prom night. Yeah, well, and so he's driving around just calling hotels, being like, you know, do you have a so-and-so registered here in room 409? No. Next hotel. And every time the guy says, I legally can't give you that information. Good night. <laughs> like, <is> I'm sorry. <laughs> Who are you? Why would I tell you this? Uh, and then so he can't find her. And then we just cut back to Kevin Pollack in a bathrobe. And she walks in and he's like, oh, did you have a good time at prom? And so and then he's like, well, you got a friend here. And then like we pan over a little bit and Freddie Prince has come here to apologize or whatever. We don't see the scene where he apologized to Kevin Pollack, which you know happened because Kevin Pollack lets him in the fucking house. He had to have. And Rory or uh, Kieran Culkin's cool with it. He's like, sorry about uh, calling you an asshole before whatever it was. And yeah, and we find out that apparently, you know, she he, he Paul Walker was sexually aggressive. He wouldn't take no for an answer. She had to play blow a foghorn in his ear, and it's like, all right. She said she's been carrying around. And this is what, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. I'm pretty sure it's always a can of mace. Yeah. 
but it's just kind of hilarious to have a big foghorn. Foghorn. She's like, well, I've been carrying this around. I'm like, all right. Fog She's horn. like, oh, I just blew it in his ear. But it's like if someone's like up in your business and whatnot, it's not and the you, best prevention. You blow a foghorn. You're blowing that foghorn into your ear too, pal. Exactly. It's a tough situation. And I mean, that's an. I, I mean, guess you could also possibly mace yourself. I mean, I'm not you know. asking to see an almost rape scene. No, I am. You know why? Because it's an active scene where something happens and people aren't just talking about stuff. Freddie Prince Jr. breaks it up, beats up Paul Walker. It's the whole Great. fucking Crispin Glover Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, get your damn hands off her. Let's make that end of the movie. That's a good enough end of this Give movie. Give me something to, to understand. Give me a side to root for. Yeah. Just in the last five minutes, make me root for Freddie Prince Jr. And they don't. Instead, nope. I just wishy-washily see the movie end. Yep. I just, they, I just watch he, like, it. He sort of apologizes. They kiss. Kevin Pollack turns on some rad pool lights that he's Sweet. installed and gives a thumbs up from a window. And she's like, hey, oh, what were the terms of this bet? And, oh, right, right. And yeah. we find out what the terms of the bet are, which are impossible, which is Freddie Prinze Jr. winds up going to graduation naked with a soccer ball over his dick. No problem. Nope. No teacher's going to stop me on the way in. The way in. on his way up to the stage, tosses this crotch soccer ball in Rachel Lee Cook's face, and she just, like, kind of smells it and laughs. It's, it's really weird. weird. It's, it's so weird. weird. She's like, this is my soccer ball now. It's really creepy. The, the one she thing I like... it Wilson. <laughs> the one thing I like is that they set up like the cliffhanger for the sequel, which is as they're <laughs> panning through everybody, they come across mouth-breathing Paul Walker. And Paul Walker hasn't heard his name called because of the foghorn that went off in his right. ear, right? Yeah. The air horn. And you realize that there's a like a road trip Kieran Culkin, Paul Walker movie in the <laughs> makings where Kieran Culkin, though younger and a total dweeb, Teaches Paul Walker how to live life hearing impaired. <laughs> My God, I would love that movie. I can't even tell you how much I'd love that movie. <laughs> that would be a car ride where two people would have literally nothing to talk about. <laughs> it might as well be a silent film. Would anybody recommend She's All That? I would not. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost, I kind of remember it more fondly than I thought, I'd, than I thought it was. It's, yeah. it's a movie that needs to be funnier. And not, not, I'm not saying, like, oh, the jokes fall flat. There just aren't enough jokes. Mm-hmm. Like this is a yeah. com- this is a romantic comedy. It, it's in the te- if you're trying to be a John Hughes movie, you know what a John Hughes movie is? Fucking funny, consistently hilarious throughout. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, it's a funny movie that has jokes that's at least trying to be funny. Whether you- and it's just not that. And I'm, yeah, it's just the cast is. We- See the last sixty minutes to figure out why I didn't recommend this movie. <laughs> well, I, I and I would say I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I think it's just a bad, badly executed film, and that's exactly yeah. what you just said. The only reason that you should really see this movie is if you're a huge Rachel Lee Cook fan, because this is your best bet. Yeah, you're not going to go see Antitrust, or maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe you'll see it here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> We've yet to get Ryan Phillippe on the show in any capacity, so I think that might be it. I would not recommend it either, although I still stand by, I think that this movie is better than Boys and Girls. Yes, yeah, because Because while this movie is just is stupid throughout, and it's got like some of that like chatty chat 90s dialogue, yeah. it's not trying to be 
super like Woody Allen clever, which is what Boys and Girls is. Yep. And that's what's more infuriating mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm. movie. You can watch this movie and just be like, God, this is fucking stupid. Right. It's nice to know that this is a shitty movie. This this is <laughs> unabashedly a shitty movie. So you right. watch it. You're not being fooled. You're not getting into it at a certain point and getting disappointed. Yeah. You're just not really paying attention you're for not all 95 attention. minutes. And, uh, you know, again... Even with all the superfluous dance numbers added, it's 95 minutes. You're in and out. You're not dragging around for two hours. Yep. It's watchable. It is watchable. It's, it's just not something I'd recommend you watch. No, no, no. no. I, no. no Absolutely no. not. Don't watch Boys and Girls either. I mean, watch neither of these movies. Watch Can't Hardly Wait or John Hughes movies. Yeah. That's or, what you're going to Or Scream. <laughs> or most definitely watch Scream. At the end of every episode, I just, just say just watch Scream instead. <laughs> just because I could always watch that movie. Uh, so, Sean, we have you here today, um, not just to have a bunch of laughs at the expense of uh, Freddie Prince Jr., but also to to plug a project that we, as members of the Private Cabin Collective, have been working on. And we thought, you know, it would be ridiculous if Steve and I were the ones to be plugging the thing because we're on the show, you know, every week. So, uh, why don't you why don't you explain to the audience what the hell you're doing in my living room? All right. Uh- <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've all been working together uh, for a long time, for like a decade or whatever it is now, and uh, and doing all d- different sorts of comedic things. And uh, one of the things that some folks listening might know is that we did a, a lot of sketch videos um, under under the name Private Cabin. Uh, and we moved on this past year to to work on a feature-length film that is sort of like a dark comedy kind of indie film um that's really kind of autobiographical and it it reflects upon where we're all at in our lives and being you know what friendship is at at, at pushing 30 and all these things and so we started working on this film uh over the week uh, over the winter and uh and put together what turned out i mean to be a, a really strong film called we are strangers uh, and right now, we are kind of putting the finishing touches on it and starting to look to get it into uh, film festivals. And we've gotten really encouraging words from people that we, we trust, that we like, and that, that are, are, in a lot of ways, our mentors. Uh, so we, we know to believe and to push this film. Uh, and we know that it's sort of funny in, in some ways exactly how this show is funny, but also in, in very different ways as well. I mean, it has some dramatic resonance to it and also has a, a certain amount of sort of improvisation uh, that we've all kind of studied with uh, different places like the Magnet Theater and Upright Citizens Brigade. So It's certainly not We Hate Movies the movie. No. You know, I, th- I think we should, we should get that. It's not as uh, whacktacular as, as this show. I'm now imagining a podcast where Paul Walker and Freddie Prince Jr. make fun of our movie. Oh, God. <laughs> God bless him. I would love it. It's only fair. <laughs> it's only it. fair. It is only fair. First of all, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But also... There's like a 30% chance that means Sarah Michelle sees our movie. If Freddie Prince Jr. is going to watch it, you know, that house might only have one Blu-ray player in it. <laughs> it's the closest I'll, I'll get to going to Sarah Michelle Geller's house, so sure. <laughs> uh, so, continue. So uh, the film, obviously, it, the film stars uh, a bunch of us, uh, uh, including uh, Andrew and Steve here. Um, and uh, and it's just sort of uh, this wonderful kind of story that, that follows uh, the character of Steve 
uh, throughout uh, the ends of a relationship, but the, the creation of a few new friendships. We're looking to sort of start to promote the film. We have an Indiegogo account that's starting up, that's raising finishing funds for color correction and audio mastering and mixing, uh, as well as festival submissions, because uh, we are in Andrew's living room right now, and <laughs> we, we certainly, certainly don't have a lot of money. Um, and we're also just looking to get the word out there, and we, we know that... Uh, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of the We Hate Movies listeners are these really uh, 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 devoted and, and, and excited fans. So we thought, what better way to talk about the film than to this audience that already is enjoying your guys' humor already? The easiest way to find out information about it is just go to the website for the film, which is wearestrangersmovie.com. And, you know, the trailer will be up there, information about the film, and, you know, we'll link to the, the Indiegogo from there and there's you know we've made a video for the indiegogo which will be up explaining more about the project and and so on right so i mean it's always uh it's not a new thing to to go to to a well for your we hate movies episode and have to listen to those folks talk about a side project that they're doing uh so here we are kind of doing that but but we're only doing it because we know that this is uh, a film totally worth sharing. So if you're interested, please do check it out. Uh, I, you you will be rewarded and satisfied. And if you like it, pass it along. I mean, that's the name of the game these days, and that's what we're doing. Uh, and again, yeah, that's wearestrangersmovie.com. If you want to check out more info about this fine program, head on over to whmpodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast right into the mailbag. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Which is better, boys and girls or this movie? It's a tough one. Maybe I'll put like a, I'll make like a pie chart. And see what the, you know, I like making graphs. Maybe we'll make it some visuals. Uh, so we all hate movies at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Subscribe in iTunes if that's how you get the show. Rate and review there if you could. We would greatly appreciate it as it increases the profile of the show in the iTunes store. Uh, if you subscribe through Stitcher, uh, if you've downloaded the Stitcher radio app, you can check us out there. Stream the five most recent episodes of the program on the go. Uh, of course, we also have the app out. We Hate Movies, the official app. You can get it uh, on Amazon or uh, if you have an iPhone, you can get it through the uh, Podcast Box app. Uh, now it's also being sold. If you have a Windows 8 phone uh, through the Windows 8 app store, you can get it that way as well. Uh, bonus episodes on there. We're going to be putting side order of sleeves. We're going to be putting live episodes on there. I promise that's coming up. Uh, the show we've been plugging a lot on there now is WHM on screen, which is more like contemporary titles and, you know, topic related discussions, not so much, you know, singular film related discussions. So check that out. It's more WHM content for you to enjoy. And that's about it. Next week we return with the final summer blockbuster extravaganza episode. And, uh, Let's see. We'll give a little tease here, Steve. What we, what, tease, tease the episode. I will say one thing. Milo Ventimiglia is in this movie, and isn't isn't she's all that? And he's also in the next movie we're going to do. So there you go. Stay tuned next week. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Seda. Sean Weiner. Take it easy. <laughs>